Liberty Insurance Town. I'm the Mayor Heath Shearer and the host of this podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm super pumped that you're here hanging out with us today because I had my good friend Dean Geem come on the show today from Paradox Insurance Agency in Montana. And this dude uh, is so forward thinking, it blew my mind. And he found a way, and I can't wait for you to hear about this, to put together some automations to help him with his communications and texting with his sons. Um, he wanted to stay in contact with them. And so he found some cool stuff to do there. Plus he's really doing some cool automations and forward thinking stuff with his tech stack and his agency. And I can't wait for you to hear about it. So I'll get out of the way soon. Before I do, I want to tell you about my good friends over at smart choice. They are the fastest growing agency hands down and they want to help you. Uh, as you heard in the podcast last week, which by the way is breaking records as far as like, you know, first day downloads. So uh, kudos to all the the smart choice army out there that's listening and downloading. And so uh, love that for them. But, you know, if you're looking for a couple of markets or if you're looking for a whole suite of, of markets, they only uh, work off a commission split. And that's only off the markets they bring to the table, not your existing book. So if you're thinking about that, plus on top of that, they're crazy enough that they're going to uh, try to negotiate higher commissions for you and lower premium thresholds so that you can participate in their bonus programs quicker and uh, making you more successful. So pretty cool. Um, you know, also I want to talk to you about friends over at Canopy Connect, your one-click solution to getting those deck pages you need to quote your prospects. They are really killing it uh, right now, and they are on top of their game. And as I've teased you for several weeks now, you will hear a podcast of my man Tolga and Robert coming soon. And I cannot wait for that. So uh, Canopy Connects in full effect. So get uh, get on usecanopy.com backslash Heath. Book a demo. Get your discount. Check it out. The one-click solution to getting all the deck pages you need and loss runs you need to quote and bind and issue your prospects. Dude, you got to check it out. Also, uh, lastly, I'll get into before I let you hear this co- this conversation with me and Dean. My friends over at Old School Marketing, that's O-L-D-E, schoolmarketing.com. Uh, old School Marketing, this guy, uh, Rusty, is unbelievable. He tells a story a couple weeks ago or months ago on my show to where he took his struggling agency that was on the brink of closing its doors to one of the top agencies within his area, all by using direct mail marketing, but not your average direct mail marketing. This guy was handwriting the envelopes, handwriting notes, handwriting things to every single one of his customers and his prospects and his people in his community. And then he ended up growing a business of it where he's got employees that sit down and handwrite these things, not a font, an actual handwritten note. So it looks like grandma sent you something in the mail and you're going to open that as soon as you see that. So um, I think it'd be a great thing for you to check out. If you want to go to oldschoolmarketing.com and uh, use code TOWN10 and get a 10% discount off your first order and probably future orders. Who knows? Uh, <laughs> but check that out. Now, uh, let's get into this conversation with my man, Dean. So sit back, relax, and enjoy my conversation with Dean Game. Dean Game, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well. How are you doing, Heath? Did I pronounce that right? You can say it however you want to. It, it gets butchered all the time, but ultimately, if you just say, say them together, you can't forget it. Dean Game. Dean Game? Is that really how it is? I was trying to touch yeah. it up a little. Yeah, yeah. You know, some, some people say Dean Dean Game. Some some say Dean Gein. Call me Mister Gimes. Uh, you know, whatever works. I don't. It doesn't bother me. So not Guillaume. Okay. That, that that's yeah. the fancy pronunciation, and I'm not Pinkies up. There you go. <laughs> not Pinkies up. All right. Now you're in Montana, right? Yes, I'm up in Glacier Park by or up by Glacier Park in the northwest corner, in Kalispell, Montana. Wow. Just north of the Big Lake. So, you know, the whole state is population 400 people. But now you, where you're at, you know, is that a big, you know, populated area or is that a whole lot of cow fields and whatever else? It's one of the larger micropolitan areas in the state. So, okay. you know, it, it, as you mentioned, the state as a whole is like 1.2 million. Right. Um, you know, and, and it's a big, big state. So, but this is one of the places where I can actually throw rocks and hit people. <laughs> So what's the most um, underrated thing about living in Montana? Because you're not originally from Montana, are you? 
I'm not. Uh, originally from Colorado, but um, underrated is, gosh, I don't know if there's anything underrated other than the fact that you have space to move. You, you can do things. You know, a, a traffic jam is sitting through the light twice. It's, it, <laughs> okay. It's pretty easy. Yeah, that makes sense. Because, you know, people, I'm in Arkansas, which is, again, a small state, but I, I didn't even, until I was like 20, I didn't even know what Montana was. Okay, that's a little facetious, but I, I mean, people don't really talk to me I mean, about Montana a lot when you talk about that kind of stuff at a destination to go live. So obviously, one point two million. But what 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 is something that would attract people to go there besides just the scenery? Is that what it is? The truly is just the view, the beautiful views. I heard there's a television show called Yellowstone that has right? kind of attracted people. <laughs> but um, otherwise, yeah, it's. It's just great territory. It's um, beautiful views, great mountains. If you're over on the east side, the plains, if, if that's your thing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's the big sky country. And uh, growing up in Colorado, you saw mountains, you saw the you know snow caps, things like that. But there is something different here when you are out and you look at the sky and you see just how big and, and grand it is. Um, it, it just there's something different. And, yeah, and I can't explain it. It's intangible. So is it somewhat like Yellowstone? Not at all. It's, <laughs> you know, they, they, they dress it up for the TV show, but yeah. you know, they, they don't show you the, the sub-zero winners. They, they don't show you the snowfall. Um, it, it's different, and, but it's, yeah. it's just as great, uh, just in a different way. So there come visit. Go. Make sure you go home. <laughs> right? <laughs> don't stay. Okay, so last question. We'll get into who you are a little bit because I'm dying to know. Okay, so if you got to go, uh, and I said you live in a little bit of a bigger city, but if you got to go into the city to go get groceries or go to dinner or go do fun, is that a long way for you? No, I, I live in the city. Uh, so, right. I mean, I'm for, for most people if they, in Montana, if they got to go to the city. Not, not really. I mean, if you're in the okay. ag or if you get out on the ranch stuff, you know, there, there are people that have to make a little bit of a trek, but. For the most part, you look at any of the major major areas, uh, populated yeah. areas. It's it's just like what you'd expect. You know, it's ten minute yeah. drive to the, the grocery store. You could you could walk if you wanted to. It, it's not like we're in the backwoods. It's <laughs> we, okay. we have some name brand names. Yeah, you know, we have a Target. We have a Home Depot. Whoa, you know, a lot Whoa, of that man. stuff. You know, Lowe's. Y'all might be pinkies up before you know it. You have a Target. Yeah. So that, you know, that's big time. Do you have Starbucks there? There are Starbucks. There's quite a few. Okay. There's even a Starbucks in, in the grocery store. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Y'all are about to be pinkies up. All right. So who's this guy from Montana? So let's take a walk down memory lane and let's tell the audience a little bit about who Dean Game is. Did I get it that time? Dean yeah, Game. you got it. So Nice. So if you take us back as far as you want to and then lead us up to today of how you got to Montana at Paradox. Yeah. Um, you know, it's kind of the 30 floor elevator speech that I, I deliver on this this type of question. Uh, born and raised in a small town, Canyon City, Colorado. Uh, my family homesteaded back there in mid-1800s, early 1800s. I wasn't supposed to leave. Uh, went to school, kind of found myself in the Denver metro area uh, You know, as, as I grew up. Um, worked retail management for, for a number of years and, uh, you know, found kind of found myself back home, uh, you know, with the with the kids uh, and my wife at the time went, wanted to go back to work. That lasted about two months before I was pulling my hair out with the kids and she was ready to, to come back home uh, and really kind of a coin toss between used car sales and insurance. Um, you know, I was kind of attacked by both. I, I love cars, things that go fast. I grew up in a, in a blue collar world, a machine shop welder. Um, my uncle raised top fuel uh, dragsters. My, I, I was racing on the drag strip when I was 15. Uh, still have family that does that. And so love the cars. And, but when I looked at it from a logical standpoint, insurance made sense because of the annuities, the residual uh, income potential that was there. Uh, so I started out with a, a direct rider and they trained me. They got, you know, cut me, cut my teeth there. Um, really loved the business was selling personal lines, commercial lines, benefits, 401ks, all of those types of things, and eventually learned that there was this whole other world called the independent side of things. And all of this was happening in Denver Metro. Um, 
joined a, a couple other guys. Uh, you know, they were out uh, doing their thing and they had a, a CSR, uh, went ahead and got on board with them, uh, worked with them, helped to grow the business up to you know, roughly 25 to 30 employees, depending on the, the time of year, the day. Uh, we had four people working overseas. Uh, we were virtual employee before a virtual employee was really the thing. Uh, I was responsible for pretty much day-to-day operations, uh, you know, everything except for sales and finance. Um, didn't get, you know, I, I was working with community involvement, uh, you know, talent acquisition, training, systems processes, IT, marketing, uh, really cutting my teeth on, on a lot of different things. And, um, you know, through that process, got involved in the, the world of insurance through uh, NetView, the network of Vertifor users, kind of grew through that. Late 18, I guess, yeah, late 18, early 19, decided that uh, it was time for a change. Uh, the rest of the executive leadership team wanted to go one direction. I wanted to go a different direction. And kind of mid-19 made a made a change. And that's when I decided not only am I changing my my career, you know, from, from some standpoints, but I'm also going to shake my life box upside down, see what sticks. And that's when I moved to Montana. Um, you know, so started Paradox Insurance Agency in 19, moved boots on the ground, Montana in September of 19, learned that it is a lot different from a culture perspective. Uh, big, big shock to my system, at least. Uh, I thought I knew what I was doing, but I didn't. Um, you know, step back from, from scratch. So I, I knew two other people when I made that move and, um, you know, not only that, but the population density was a lot different. Uh, the culture is different and, you know, uh, March of 2020, I think we all know what happened there. Really big shift. I was fortunate enough to be in Montana where things started to open back up in late November, December of 2020. Um, you know, continue to, to perpetuate and, and drive forward. So uh, still a lot of community involvement uh, from an industry perspective, you know, working with uh, a lot of people that we hear names, uh, you know, as we move forward, um, pushing technology the best I can, representing the Vertifor user to drive innovation and, and, and change, uh, working with a lot of different uh, you know, tech startups to try to make things better and easier uh, for agencies like mine, uh, small, I, I call our, uh, our agency a micro boutique. So really focused on client service uh, above everything, you know, what that experience looks like for them. Uh, and then can we do it with technology? If we can't do it with technology, do it through a virtual employee and uh, at that point, if we have to hire a W-2 staff member, we'll hire a W-2 staff member. But uh, just have fun doing what I'm doing and um, learning along the way, challenging status quo. Our, our general philosophy is think outside the box at Paradox. And I, I've never done well coloring inside the lines. Um, you know, so it's, it's fun. It's exciting. It's hard. It's challenging. But I, no. I would trade it. Was that something from childhood? You know, you never really were good at coloring inside the lines and, you know, staying within the, the norms or everything else. Were you always kind of this, you know, outside the box guy? Um, I don't think so. I, I mean, I, I was an engineer at, at one point, uh, you know, going to school for, for civil engineering and, and the math side of things. But I also had had things where I was also on the art side. So I, I know how to follow the parameters, but I'm yeah. going to push the edges and push the lines a little bit. Okay, and so you also brought up, you know, and I was thinking when you were telling your story, man, you moved and made this big change right before a world shutdown pandemic. But I would think the best state you could be in for that would be something like Montana because you're naturally six feet apart everywhere you go. I mean, where I live, you know, the average lot's like a quarter acre lot. You're probably average lot's like three acres or more, you know, wherever you guys live. And so – I would think that would have made it a lot easier. And like you said, it opened up a little bit sooner. But what did that look like? And as far as Montana is concerned, and again, I don't take this offensively, please, because I live in Arkansas, I could say this. But I wonder, you know, are they tech forward in a state like Montana? Or were they able to get over some of those hurdles? 
I don't think tech forward was really the the term. Uh, I, I, some days I still feel like I'm on dial-up internet. We we don't okay. have fiber. Yeah, and and so it, it's it can be challenging. But you know when coming into Paradox, it was really designed with insurance is insurance. It's just a matter of where you're at. Yeah, and so we were. We were using Calendly. I've been using Calendly for 10 years. Um, you know, Zoom wow. was something that we've been using for a long time, you know, because, again, I was working with a lot of uh, a lot of team members over in India. So we would have calls at six o'clock in the morning. I like to be able to see faces. So we, we use Zoom for a yeah. long time. So a lot of the things that we had in place were already in place from a, a remote standpoint. Um, well, I have team members in Des Moines, team members in, in Colorado. Uh, we've had team members off and on in, in different places of, you know, the country. So from a tech standpoint, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, it, it's meeting people where they're at, when they're there and how they want to be met. And and so I think we were really poised for that. Yeah. We, you know, I've seen a study recently that my friend Sid and I've done, uh, Sid Rose, you know, um, where I think we talked about this before, but the average agency uses somewhere around six to eight pieces of tech in their agency. And so I wonder the the audience listening here uh, on my show typically ranges from startup to been in the business a hundred years. So I wonder in your agency, are you uh, plus or minus uh, in that area? Where are you at in that? I'm well above average. Okay, there you uh, go. And, and so if, 10, 12, 15? It depends on how granular we want to get. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Want, but you know, yeah. but when we think outside the outside of the standard business operation. So without email and, and some yeah, of those yeah. basic necessities, uh, we're, we're probably pushing 12. Yeah. So you got your, you know, agency management system, your CRM, you've got some probably quoting platforms, you've got some rating platforms, whatnot. Um, anything that's really cool that stands out that you could talk about that you do um, have? Yeah. I mean, I, I have a couple Couple right off that I can talk about. Uh, Leo is a big product that that we use. Wonderite is is yeah. a, an application system. I've been working with them, uh, so really bringing that into the fold. Uh, a really cool technology. I I can't totally divulge right now because it's it's really green, but it's a uh, it's a technology that we're kind of EA uh, and and working with the developer on to send a link to a client. And allow the client to video through their, let's say it's a restaurant. So they can video yeah. through the restaurant. The system then uses AI to identify property, type of property, and such. Wow. So that it will then tell you kind of where it should be at for a property limit. And it might even, where they're going with it is it'll identify like a Viking refrigerator versus some other refrigerator. Tell wow. you what you know, how long it typically takes to replace that. Then you upload the policy using AI. It'll compare the policy to where you're at and say you should increase these limits or, you know, you're, you're yeah. deficient in this, make these changes. Um, so that's the type of stuff that we're doing here. And, and now is that something you would send to the underwriter or is that something you're using internally? And then when you write up your um, summary or your, whatever you want to call it before you send in your submission, or with your submission, that's when you put that in there. How does how do you how do you so, see agencies? Not necessarily you, but agencies using something like that. I, I see agencies using this for policy comparison. So yeah. here's your existing policy. Here's where it's at. Um, so identifying gaps in coverage. Yeah, you know, we need to increase this or do this. Uh, so I really see it as a comparison tool for the agency. It, it definitely can be something to send. You know, if if you can take that video and send it to the underwriter and say, Hey, um, you know, here's where this is a, a true live video and here's what they're doing for a housekeeping perspective. This is what they're doing for mitigation. This is their operation. Yeah. Let me show you, you know, this is best in class and and how they're operating and, and give that narrative to, to really sell the account to the underwriter, to give the best terms, to be able to provide the best product. I, I can see agencies really doing a lot with that, but ultimately it, it's starting off as a, a client facing tool to make it easier to yeah. identify where those limits are at. And then also, you know, comparing the policies and saying, this is where we're, where we really need to be. And this is the deficiency in your existing program. Yeah. I could see, you know, even 
four or five years ago when I was on the agency front and we would tell all of our clients to take a video of their house, you know, <laughs> to use for the articles and make sure we had a list of everything in case they did have a, a loss of some sort. But that's taken a whole new level of being able to identify Ansel systems, refrigerators or whatever it might be, which is pretty cool. Um, so what's your percentage of commercial to personal lines? Um, from a client perspective, we're 60% personal lines, 40% commercial. From a premium standpoint. From a premium, we're about 50-50. Okay. Now, within that commercial sector, we're about 47% ENS market compared oh, wow. to standard market. So, you know, we, we really like to play in the dirty side of things and get our, you know, get our hands in it and look at the stuff that a lot of people don't like. Yeah. Okay. So if you could think, and you have to give exact names or whatever, but class of business, what's one of the most out of the box or strangest accounts you've had a chance to look at and maybe even write or don't write. You don't have to tell me that, but. Um, I think one of the strangest ones I've, strangest ones I've looked at is a, um, it's a party barge basically yeah. for rent. So, you know, that, that one was a little different, you know, a, a yeah. big barge with water slides and, you know, Airbnb style usage. Yeah. Uh, so, so that one was unique, but, That's um, very also, unique. you know, also looking at, um, you know, high wire tower installation. So, yeah. you know, a little, little outside the norm, but otherwise, you know, we start getting into, uh, metal fabrication that also does, um, you know, Penske truck rentals. Yeah. Or, you know, so you start combining things, uh, you know, makes it, makes it interesting, but, you know, I, I get a lot of the, Hey Dean, you know, I was told to call you cause you can get it done type conversation. Uh, yeah. And, the guy that has the dump truck, but also at lunchtime sells sandwiches outside of his truck. That kind of guy. That, that, <laughs> that, that's, that's, yeah. I, I had or, a chance. I, I uh, uh, through this old cookies. Oh, nice. But I think you being outside the box lends you to, you know, having the trust of your, you know, ENS carriers or brokers because they know that you're not afraid of those and you're going to do your due diligence and uh, things of that nature. Uh, yeah, it, it absolutely does. I mean, ultimately what it comes down to is making sure that you have complete applications, which Wonderwrite makes it real easy to do that. Uh, yeah. And, you know, the, the applications aren't just complete, but they're clean. They're nice, easy, easy and legible. So they they like that aspect of it, picking up the phone and having that relationship. And then also not going to five or six different wholesale markets or MGAs to, to place a piece of business and building that relationship, just like you would yeah. with a client. You're building that relationship with your partners and, um, you know, they, they, they know and, and trust you at that point. And that makes a big difference. Yeah, for sure. Um, now... What's going on, gentlemen? Summer is in full swing, and it's time to keep that energy high and vibes even higher. Whether you're hitting the beach or owning the barbecue scene or just enjoying the sun, Manscaped is here to keep you looking good and feeling your best. Introducing Manscaped, your ultimate grooming companion for August and beyond. Fall's coming eventually, guys. Uh, I know it's 110 right now, but it's coming. And with the lawnmower trimmer at your side, you can tame the most unruly hairs with precision and ease. Say goodbye to the wild jungle and hello to the clean, confident you. Worried about the heat and humidity? We've got you covered. Our crop preserver? Fall deodorant is like air conditioning for your nether regions. <laughs> Keeping you cool, dry, and ready for any adventure. Hey, uh, ready to take it to the next level. Manscaped has your back. Uh, for my listeners, for my citizens, They've given me the code mayor to get you 20% off plus free shipping. That's 20% off plus free shipping. Now, uh, if you don't check that out, then uh, you're missing out. Also, guys, let's talk about good friends at CoverDesk. CoverDesk is a, an amazing company to work with. If you're looking to hire, if you're looking for staff, if you're looking for a VA, and if you're dipping your toe in the VA waters, give a call to my friends over at CoverDesk. They're going to educate you. They were the OGs that came out doing this a long time ago. And there's a lot of them now. Uh, there's a lot of great VA, VE, and VP, and V whatever companies out there. Um, but Andy and his team, they're the OGs. Uh, they've been around a long time. They know what they're doing. Andy's an agency owner himself, so he knows how to train these people in our space and in our uh, ecosystem. 
and he's made it to where it's easy for them to become a part of your team. Hire a VA from CoverDesk, and uh, it'll be a game changer for your agency. Uh, go to CoverDesk.com, and whether you need one uh, VA or two, or you can get a whole team of VAs to help you with quoting, and especially in this hard market when everybody's wanting to be reshopped and everybody's looking for this and that, you can be prepared with CoverDesk Direct. Find out uh, more by going to CoverDesk.com and tell them the mayor sent you. Hoping to have that guy to come interview with me soon as well. Andy, I'm calling you out, brother. Now let's get back to the show. Uh, within Paradox, are you the are you the producer? Do you have other producers that work with you and on staff there? Uh, so I have two other producers, uh, three other producers. Uh, one is Personal Lines. And that's kind of where she spends her time. Uh, another producer that spends her time in small Main Street vanilla business. Uh-huh. And then I have a, a producer that's kind of mixed, uh, you know, relatively uh, 50-50 on personal lines, commercial lines. Uh, but he's, uh, again, more Main Street vanilla business. And how do you get them to adopt technology in the way that you do? Is it something that's a prerequisite? Do you talk to them about that ahead of time or – to do some heavy training once you get them in to say, here's how we're going to do things. It's a little bit of both. My general philosophy is I love to bring new talent into the industry. So from a producer standpoint, I prefer you don't have any preconceived notions and you just like people and you like selling. So we've established a really solid foundation in our tech stack and the expectation that we are going to try to change things. Um, they know that I'm not looking at today. I'm looking at two years, three years down the road from our technology standpoint. And, you know, that's part of the conversation and our sales process to bring the producers on. So when they come on, they don't know any different. And that's just who we are. That's what we do. And and I share with them the the fun stuff that we're working on. You know, so that uh, the video technology that utilizes the AI, I, I tell them, this is what we're doing. I'm, I'm testing it. This is how it's working. I'll bring you in, you know, here's what it looks like. But, you know, um, we, you know, if you see other technology out there that you want to explore, uh, you know, I'm happy to to talk about it. Let's, let's put it on the table, see how it fits into our workflow and to our client base. That's really cool. And so I'm assuming with the type of book you have and, you know, what paradox is, you guys don't have all of your business in Montana. No, we, we operate primarily west of the Mississippi. Uh, we're, we're in quite a few different states uh, as a result. Um, you know, but, you know, Colorado is a, a big state for us. Arizona falls behind that. And then it kind of splits out and goes into uh, Missouri, Iowa, Illinois, and then over into Idaho, Washington, Oregon. And so, you know, I'm guessing you use a lot of technology, AI, use a lot of different things there to attract customers from there or to get leads from there or to prospect there. Um, and, you know, is that something that you do for your personal book of business or do you have, or is it all agency book, whatever that looks like, or do you have producers that do that as well? Or they kind of stick to Montana and you're the one exploring outside the state? Uh, so I have the two producers in Colorado and then I have yeah. one in Iowa and uh, so they're really focused on their state and their own yeah. own development. Other things, you know, we don't do a lot of internet marketing. Um, yeah. So we just try to make sure that we're following the proper processes in SEO search, uh, that when our target markets pop and people are actively searching for those, those target markets that we're the first in, in consideration. Uh, yeah. But what we do from a, a, an AI standpoint is um, we we have our target markets that we really like to play in. And so we'll identify key uh, prospects in those markets utilizing technology like Leo or or otherwise, and we put them into a, a funnel. Uh, using AI, we've designed different funnel characteristics and communications to, to really target them. And we it's it's almost like cold call, but with with you know some form of marketing automation, and we drip on them. That includes emails, text messages. Uh, we we uh, drip in personal visits. We drip in phone calls, so that when they hit that trigger point, whether it's a a rate increase or a policy change or or something else, 
uh, we're top of mind. And we kind of work on that through the course of the process, but uh, it's a combination of SEO and, you know, our own desired contact, you know, looking for, again, those, those prospects that really fit who we want to fit and, and not necessarily just who calls in off of a, a lead on Facebook or something. Right. So you're mixing technology with that personal hand-to-hand combat, as you mentioned, and seeing people face-to-face on either video or in person. And so you feel like that's another thing that makes you different. Because a lot of agencies are either, I'm old school when I go knock doors for a living, or they're so new school and tech savvy, they haven't seen an agent or seen a client in four years, you know, because they've sit behind their computer and they just right business all day, but you're a mixture of the both. And that probably sets you apart in a big way. Yeah. We like to be a hybrid um, diversification in, in a few different ways, you know, just to make sure that we've got the right things in the right place and you know, uh, want to make sure that we're, we're viable long-term. Yeah. And so with regardless, you know, whether you're using Leo or using whatever technology you're using in that area, what, in what ways does an agency like Paradox use their CRM? Like, are you using them for all your drips, or do you have another technology for that, or are you using that just to set up the funnels? Like, how are you using your CRM for that, whether you want to say Agency Zoom or not? Well, I, I think you just let the cat out of the bag. It's, <laughs> it's it's not a hidden secret. Anybody who wants to ask can ask my tech stack. I'll I'll share it readily. Uh, <laughs> but we do use Agency Zoom, and you know we just set up different pipelines so. Uh, you know, use use that technology uh, to, and we really try to tailor that communication to the CRM, and and you know, we don't use anything outside of that uh, from a, a management standpoint. Uh, so you know, we might use it to to trigger some different again calls or cards. You know, there, there's a lot of different ways that you can use Agency Zoom through Zapier to to trigger you know, note cards, thank you cards, uh, you know, text messaging, whatever it might look like to, to be able to use other functions. But that's really the hub of, of that communication. And so with all of that, all those automations or, or touch points you have, how many would you say, if I was one of your clients, how many touch points would I have from Dean Game or from Paradox? Uh, an existing client? Yeah. Or a prospect, for that matter. I mean, how many touch points would you say you have? Uh, let's see. An, an existing client, probably over the court, you know, on a personalized level, they're probably going to see twelve to eighteen over the course of a policy period. Wow, I bet your retention is pretty high then. We we run a we run about a ninety four percent retention as an agency, Incredible. and so that's everything from. You know, your onboarding of the client to, you know, uh, maybe a card, as you mentioned, or something to that effect. And maybe, you know, you start contacting them, what, 120 days out on retention and then start dripping them from there or. Yeah. So our, our personal lines clients can expect to be contacted about 45 days in advance. Yeah. Uh, you know, just to, hey, we're we're getting ready. This is what's happening. This is what, what you can expect. Uh, and then they get two or three more contacts in between. Uh, that and the renewal. Uh, commercial lines clients, if it's a small business account, is going to be roughly 60 days in advance, 45 to 60 days. Yeah. And then our larger accounts, you know, just working on one right now that renews in December. So yeah. you know, we're 120 days out. Sure. But, you know, we're you're kind of talking about that technology. We use uh, another product and this is where, you know, philosophies differ. So we use agency Zoom on the front side. We have our AMS in the middle. Then we also use client circle on the backside because client circle is yeah. a little fluid. So, you know, it's, it's AI driven. It looks at the time yeah. of day, the time of week that a client typically opens their communications and it, it corresponds pro- appropriately. So a lot of our existing business is communicated through that client circle product. That's uh, a cool product. Tied, tied to our, our AMS. So my focus on the new business is really, Agency Zoom because it's structured, it's rigid. I know what I'm getting when I'm getting it, but the existing clients, it, it starts to fit and mold and, and form to them. So it it does vary, but that's the typical renewal process. And um, when we onboard, we onboard through Agency Zoom again, so that we know exactly when they're getting what they're getting, and then we 
uh, account for client circle to pick up the back end uh, a little more tailored and customized to that client. It's incredible. So you, you're a real big fan of the automation thing. So uh, let me ask you this uh, in your personal life, if you could automate any, any one thing, what would you have automated uh, away from business? I'm going to get in trouble. Heath. I, I can't, <laughs> I can't answer that question. Oh, come on. Okay. Then give me the second one then. Um, if I, could, if I could automate anything in my personal life, I, I think I have an 11 year old at home and yeah. if, if I could automate him getting himself like ready <laughs> and, and out to school in the mornings, yeah, we start school in a, in a week. Uh, if, if I could automate that, that'd be the biggest, biggest easy piece of my, my life right there. Oh, that's hilarious. Yeah. 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 So uh, I got three kids at home as well, and it's impossible. Two of them are teenagers, so getting them out of bed is ridiculous. Um, but, yeah, it's a good one. Um, I don't know. I, I, it's funny. The first time someone asked me that question or I thought about that question was um, I thought, oh, I'll just have my my coffee automated. But I'm like, they've had that for like 25 years. You could do the preset and wake up in the morning and it's done. And then I started to get creative with it. I'm like, man, I got to get more creative with that kind of stuff. So I got to think outside the box with my own personal automations as well. But um, I just don't know if you thought about that or tried to invent your own something outside of the insurance industry. But anyhow, um, I I use that. I mean, I play with that stuff. I I said, you know, I have four boys, and so the eleven year old okay. is the youngest, and then it jumps up to twenty three and and up from there. Yeah. And and just to stay in touch with those boys, um, I actually set up automation to send them a dad joke every morning. Oh, how so, did you do that? Well, just using uh, you know using some API and some connections and web hooks. Uh, and and I'll I'll give a shout out to to my my friend CJ Hutzfeller, Hutzfeller yeah. uh, over at Hudson Pillar Insurance. He does a lot of that stuff, and and so he kind of leaned me into it a little bit and got me thinking. So uh, to to stay in contact with my older boys, who you know, I, I guess you always call mom, but you never call dad. Yeah. And and so it's it was just something to kind of keep, and, and it actually increased my communication with them. They'd send me messages back, and I, I saw an uptick in my my conversations, whether it's through text or phone calls with the, with the older well, there boys, you go. just by doing well, that's that. That's an automation that you cool. can do in your personal life. You automated your relationship with your kids, like your communication. I enhanced, I enhanced my relationship with my boys. That is really cool. Um, so, I love a good dad joke. Do you have a good dad joke up top of your head? Um, uh, I, I normally do. Uh, let's see. <laughs> yeah, you just I put them on the spot. Nah, no big deal. If you think of it. If you think of it, uh, yeah, I hear those all the time, and I, I get caught up watching those on either Instagram or TikTok. There'll be those people that'll have those dad jokes, and they make me laugh. But anywho, so back to paradox. Okay, so um, you know, you mentioned uh, micro boutique, um, and so anything you could, you know, unfold a little bit more about. I've never heard that phrase before or that word. Mike, was that something you made up, or you heard that somewhere? Else? Like, what is that? mean i can't claim to make it up but i i think it's what describes who we are um so yeah i'll I'll just kind of pull back the curtains a little bit when i first started paradox the idea was to just be big to to just you know grow and and have this huge premium and huge client base big staff Um, but obviously with some of the challenges that we've experienced early on and some you know just where we're at as an economy and uh, an industry right now, it, it, it's really become who we are to be really tailored and direct with our clients. So we don't have a huge client base. And, and that's, you know, we'll, we'll take clients, but we really want to make sure who we speak with, we're providing them a level of service and education that they need and deserve to be able to, to do what they're trying to do. And sometimes that means that they place their business with, with Paradox. Sometimes that means that they don't. Uh, but we're going to help give them the guidance, the tools, and the resources to make educated decisions, regardless of where they're where they end up. Uh, so, you know, we we know we don't play well in oil and gas, so we stay completely out of that. We don't get into aviation. We don't get into adult entertainment. Uh, we stay out of you know the health and and benefits programs, health insurance and and benefits programs. Um, you know, we, we stay away from, you know, a, a couple other things. 
uh, cannabis. There, there are places that do those things much, much better than we do. They have the resources, they have the relationships with carriers, but we know where we spend a good amount of time. And, and one of my favorite ones is youth athletics. Yeah, I that's love, cool. Love youth athletics, specifically hockey. And so for that reason, you know, we're really just trying to give guidance and, and resources to the people that, that come to us for that. So just really a, a sniper type approach to, yeah. to what we're doing. And for that reason, we don't have a, a tremendous amount of growth, uh, you know, from a, a broad standpoint, we're really uh, focused on who we're serving and how we're serving them. Uh, again, using technology as an enhancement to that relationship, but bringing that, that relationship top of mind for, for that client uh, at any given point. Yeah. And so, you know, somebody listening to this right now, that's, you know, been listening to you talking, there may be green. They just started, you know, cause like you kind of went scratch what four years ago. Um, so, yeah. you know, if someone's thinking that way or maybe they just did, would you give some of that advice to be more of niche focused instead of generous generalist? Now that's hard to say, but instead of generalist. Uh, you know, I, I think I'm going to, you know, Yes, something we've probably all heard, and this one I know I'm stealing uh, this phrase. Once you've seen one independent agent, you've seen one independent agent. Yeah. And, you know, I, I've kind of heard, um, you know, a couple people twist that a little bit. And so where, where it's come down to is we all spell insurance the same. We just use different fonts and different colors. Yeah. yeah. So you, you kind of have to do some inward um perspective. You have to look at yourself and know who you are to be able to, to make that decision. So, you know, if, if you're going to be a generalist, be the best generalist you can be. Know that's who you are. But if you really have something you're passionate about, that you enjoy, that you love, make sure you you bring that piece into the equation too. That, that's really kind of my yeah, it's on it. Yeah, I would agree with that. Go ahead. I, I think we all have a different opinion. You know, we hear people say niche market, you got to do that or, you know, make sure you diversify and you know, yeah. spend 80% of your time doing what you enjoy, whether that's in general, because you're, you know, you have ADHD and you, you've, you're all over the place or you, know, you really love florists. Yeah. You, you just know, nailed go, me. Go out and be the best insurance person for florists you can be. Yeah, you just nailed me on that because I'm ADHD. But, you know, one of the things that, you know, I tell people a lot is uh, whether I'm consulting or just talking to them on the podcast is that what you just basically said. But I think if you find something that you love and that you're like, I'm a big boy, so I love to eat. So for me, it was easy for me to gravitate towards hospitality, towards restaurants, towards catering, towards whatever it might have been. And then I even went further down. This is probably an odd niche as well, but I got into the... Uh, the Asian market and the Chinese market and got into uh, Chinese restaurants. I mean, and I don't know if they have a lot of those in Montana, but in Arkansas, they're like churches on every street corner. You'll see a church, Chinese restaurant, Mexican restaurant. And I got in somehow. Um, and one of the reasons, uh, the way I did it was through Google translate. I had it on my phone I was able to go in and type in whatever. And, you know, now that they'll speak it for you. So I can hit the button and, you know, we can have a conversation where it'll pick up their voice in Spanish and translate in English and vice versa. And I don't know, I probably wrote 30 or 40 accounts that way, just in that, that market, whether it was a massage or a, a nail salon or a Chinese buffet or whatever, it was really cool. And so I would say, you know, find something you enjoy. And, and again, for me, it was eating. And my other was construction because uh, somehow I got fascinated with uh, air conditioning and with HVAC and going out on jobs and doing some of that. And so there's something I love to do. So I wanted to go to work every day. And I feel like if you could find that and maybe like, you know, Dean saying, if you enjoy youth sports, why not, you know, make that a niche. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And, and you just touched on something with construction. I mean, I have some electrical contractors that I, I really enjoy it. I'm, I've got my hard hat, I have my boots, my safety vest. Yeah. I'll go out and pull cable. I'll, I'll jump in with them and, and just really watch their safety programs. And, uh, you know, it's, it's fun. It's different. It breaks up the monotony uh, of sitting behind a desk every day. So yeah, I'm does. not afraid to get out and get the hands dirty. Yeah. You mentioned that. Uh, and so you meant that physically and 
you know, you meant that literally as well as figuratively, I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I grew up blue collar. Uh, you know, I, I grew up in a welding shop, so it's, it's not a big deal. Yeah. I enjoy it. I kind of miss it once in a while. There you go. Um, and so what's, uh, what's the next on the horizon for you from anything, not necessarily a tech perspective, but just from a paradox perspective, anything you've got going on that you're excited about coming up or anything like that you, you could share with us? Yeah, I, I think, you know, um, I'm excited about it. It's, it's really getting back to basics. Um, yeah. I've spent a lot of time on some industry initiatives the last few years. So it's, it's really putting a focus on what we're doing here. Uh, like many of our, our friends in the industry, weathering this, this current storm and treating and tending to our existing book of business the best we can uh, so that as we come out, we're ready to catapult and springboard into just really fun, great things and sharing what we're doing here with, with some of those other target clients and, and sharing what we're doing with our, our friends in the industry. Um, yeah, I kind of led in with that piece of tech that we're, we're looking at from the video side and, and just really seeing where that takes us and making life easier for our clients and, and for our, ourselves. So um, I'm just having fun playing in the sandbox. Yeah. That's the, the best part about it is that if you can have fun while you're doing it, then uh, what's, what's that saying? It's all about sayings. Is it uh, if you do what you love, you never work a day in your life or something to that effect. Have you heard that one? I've heard it. I don't believe it. You don't. I, I think yeah, it's yeah. true. Um, you know, I mean, I, I for me, I love getting up every morning, going to work. You do too. It sounds like, so you're not really working. You're just hanging out and having a good time, but, Go ahead. Why, why do you say that? Oh, go go ahead. I, I I just you know I think you spend eighty percent of your time doing that, and then there's another twenty percent of you you end up doing the things that you you don't want to do, Understood. or you don't like to do, or you're not good at doing. But you know, hopefully, hopefully you find a place and the people that can support those places that you're not good at, so you can yeah. get percent, and and that makes it fun. But you're you know, without those challenges, you're you're not going to enjoy the good stuff either. So I like them both. Yeah, I so I got a couple of quick things that I've got to ask you, um, just from your perspective on this, and then we'll wrap up here in a minute. Okay, so being tech forward, um, have you gotten into bots yet? I've been playing with the bot. Okay, so I had uh, a guest on my show one time um, that was talking about, and it was a hot take that this was several months back. That, you know, right now, you know, VAs are a big thing and they're a hot thing right now. But he was like, you know, make hay while you can now because in five years, it'll, you know, those things will phased out. They'll be kind of the old school and now we'll be all going to bots and other AI and this and that. Would you say he's correct in that hot take? Um, I don't I don't agree with that. I mean, 15 yeah. years ago, 10 years ago, people were saying the independent agent was going to be out of the mix. True, true. And, and here we are. Yeah. I I think human nature still craves that relationship, that yeah. interaction. As much as people think that they don't, and, and the bots are good, but the vast majority of people can still tell it's a bot at some point. Yeah. And and so I think using, and, and I, I know this sounds cliche, and I've said it once, if not twice already, Using technology to enhance the relationship is key. And, and so we're going to see an increase in that, but I don't think it's going to replace that. It, it's just going to shift how we use it and, and where we use it. Yeah. Um, I think Ryan Hanley calls a human optimized agency, like, you know, with technology and with some of the things that, he, that they're doing over there at uh, Rogue Risk. But I, uh, I think that's fascinating. And so I didn't know what you would think about that. I figured you'd probably say, yeah, I've got 47 bots running through my system and doing this behind the scenes. And who knows? I just, I see you as like some mad scientist in a lab somewhere in Montana cooking up all kinds of fun stuff. So um, I really am excited that you came on to visit with us today. And, um, you know, as we get to sign off here in a minute, you know, is there any, last piece of advice you could give to anybody that because a lot of people still have that toe i posted something this morning that says something that effective um if you're gonna get into something don't just get into it to uh tip your toe in the water jump all in and make waves and so i see a lot of people doing that where there's like eh, i'll try this you know but I, you you've gone all in whether it's technology whether it's future thinking 
Is there any advice that you would give to someone on the fence of like, uh, I don't know. Don't be afraid to break it. Oh, okay. Tell me. Well, I mean, whether it's technology or the process or the system, challenge the status quo. Don't be afraid to break it. You're you're either going to make it better or you're going to make somebody else think about it and they're going to make it better. And worst case scenario, somebody else is there to fix it. So I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah. uh, My friend Sid or our friend Sid says, uh, you know, don't be afraid to be that rock in somebody's shoe or be the rock in the shoe of like, you know, trying something new, you know, breaking something, you know, looking to get a little more, you know, that annoying, like, let's try something new. Let's try something new. And so I imagine you're that guy for the agency there. There's probably your staff like, oh, man, he's got something new he's going to give us. But change, you can't keep doing the same thing over and over. Uh, so it's exciting that you're open to that. Well, and it's it's part of our culture. It's part of who we are. And yeah, it's it's right there. Think outside the box with paradox. So you know, love it's, it. It's just how we are. Man, I appreciate you joining me. I appreciate you hanging out with me today, and uh, hopefully we can do this again soon. I look forward to it. Maybe next time in person. So thanks for having me yes, on. Yes, that would be cool. All right. Thanks, Heath. Yeah, dude. Man, I enjoyed hanging out with that guy. He's so forward thinking and so tech savvy and guy's awesome. Uh, guys, guys, if you have an idea for the show, whether it's a guest idea, topic, whatnot, you know I love the mailbag. And each and every week, um, I get into there and I take your ideas. I email you back. Um, and at least once or twice a month, my guest comes from you. So it makes my job a lot easier. Uh, I don't have to go out and search for them. I'm giving you what you want. And uh, I want you guys to continue. And Dean Guillen was one of those. Y'all saw me in a uh, webinar with him at Vertifor. And now uh, I brought him on this show. So continue to bring those suggestions in. Uh, email me at heath at insurancetownpodcast.com. And uh, let me know. And if you're good at video editing and you're looking for a little side gig, uh, hook me up. Uh, look me up, I should say. Heath at Insurance Town Podcast. I got to get out of here. I'm rambling. So uh, good talking to you guys. I'll talk to you again next week.